Hey everyone. How many times have your friends recommended a vitamin or a treatment or some natural health awesomeness that changed their life? Probably a lot. Blue Hive Health was designed to take that friendship to the next level. On this podcast, Giovanna and Stephanie will spend time debunking myths and introducing you to the latest in health and wellness treatments, all to support you and your family. Welcome to the Blue Hive Healthcast. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Blue Hive Healthcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Giovanna, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'm going to totally be geeking out today on this podcast. (laughs) I'm really excited to talk about functional nutrition, minerals, hair tissue analysis. I mean, we're getting into some awesome stuff today because I am here with a colleague of mine, a former client of mine, a friend of mine, Anna Lubashka. She is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She does hair tissue mineral analysis, and she has studied also homeopathy. And she is an amazing person who really, really has a passion for not only teaching and Um, really helping her clients be empowered around their health, but around health foundations themselves. You know, a lot of times we are caught up in the new and the latest health trend or the detox or, you know, the newest fandangled supplement or, you know, recommendation of something we should do to get better. And we don't actually think about what it takes for our body to go through a detox? Like, do we need to have it set up for health or optimized in some way before we can even approach a detox? You know, what kind of detox is right for us or what is it that we need and what's missing? And a lot of times it's the simplest, tiniest things you'll learn from this show that develop really, really powerful health foundations. And I'm really excited to have Anna here uh, to talk about this. And like I said, geek out on it. Um, She specializes in helping people who are health conscious and they want to create not only a foundation for health, but a mindset and a lifestyle that has the ability to give them sustainable energy and effortless weight loss without restrictions. So I want to welcome Anna to the show, and I can't wait for us to dive in. Anna, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so, so excited. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I was saying, you know, before we hit record, I, my part of my excitement is that, you know, your specialty is talking about really health foundations and one of the most important health foundations that, you know, are not really talked about enough. I mean, individually they are, but not as a whole is the importance of minerals and, and their role in establishing health. So, you know, I'm excited to get into that topic before we go there though. Talk to me a little bit about your story and how it is that you got on this path of really helping uh, people thrive with their health by building these foundations. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Uh, So I became a nutritionist because I had health problems. That's usually how I think most people start. So I had a lot of health Um, issues mainly with sugar. So I had a really bad sugar addiction to the point where I was diagnosed by my family doctor with prediabetes and high cholesterol by the time I was 22. Um, I had adrenal fatigue. Later, I went to see naturopaths. I had adrenal fatigue. So I had a lot of um, issues, gut issues. I had, you know, gut infections and so forth. Lots of things that 
started, and, and I think it did start from the fact that I ate so much sugar. I was on a lot of antibiotics as well as a child. And uh, that diagnosis really shook me to my core because the family doctor said, you know, if I continue with the way I'm going, I'm going to be on insulin by the time I'm 30. And I said, no, thank you. That's not for me. And I sought out alternative health practitioners. And this is when I started doing my own research on nutrition and eating, like, you know, what affects blood sugar and so forth. So I really changed, turned my life around and my health completely around. And this is also why I love talking about health foundations, because that's where I started. And I built these health foundations and my health foundations are very strong. So even now, if, you know, I sort of fall off the wagon or something go, goes off course, I, I know what I need to do to get me back on track. And I always start with the health foundations. That's um, awesome for sharing that. Thank you. Because I've known you for a while, actually, <laughs> but I don't think I knew that story at quite a young age. Yes. You had your, let's say, wake up moment. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, share with our audience, what are these foundations? Like what should the person be focused on? I mean, we have the ones we hear all the time, which is try to eat as organic as possible and, you know, get your sleep, you know, manage Mm -hmm. stress. But for you, what are your foundations that you go back to time and time again? So hydration is one of them because our body's more than 70% water. Our Our body's basically made up of water and minerals. Sleep, you mentioned sleep. That is absolutely a really essential foundation. Our body cannot really heal fully if we're not sleeping well. This is when our body does the deepest detox. So it's really important for our removal of um, uh, toxins that we accumulate throughout the day. Mineral balance. So I love talking about minerals uh, because minerals are the foundations, the building blocks, the spark plugs that are necessary for enzymatic reactions to happen, for our body to make energy, for our body to make hormones. Active movement. So that doesn't mean you need to hit the gym, but we need to move our body. Generally, a lot of people tend to be too sedentary and our bodies are meant to move. So active movement is part of the foundations and then rest. We cannot, we can't just go, go, go all the time. We do need to rest. And for those of us who are tend to be go, 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 we need to become more mindful and take even these rest snacks throughout the day. Um, Really important. And then blood sugar balance, of course, that's sort of what's got me started on, on my journey. And I know I would not be where I am today with my health and with my energy, with my vitality, if I did not balance my blood sugar. So let's dive into that. Okay. Cause I think, you know, uh, and it's funny cause you're, I was, I was writing these down as you were, as you were saying them to me and I was like, yep, check, check, check. Like these are all the things that when I'm doing a, a client intake, I, I ask these questions. Right. And I think what people don't understand when it comes to minerals is what you just said is how many enzymatic reactions, the production of hormones, like they are the foundation. I mean, something like, I think it's magnesium is responsible, I think for 500 plus, you know, reactions in the body and it feeds, you know, it feeds the mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of your cell, et cetera. And we often take minerals for granted. So I do want to talk, um, focus on minerals uh, for sure. 
and definitely this, you know, blood sugar uh, metabolism, because I think that's another one that gets talked about a lot, but we don't make the relationship to minerals. So take us there, Anna. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So in order for our body to process sugar, right, when we're eating sugar, we need minerals, we need minerals to take that sugar from, I mean, we need insulin, but in order for that to, for the insulin to be released, we need minerals, we need calcium and we need magnesium to help get the insulin out. Then we need micro minerals to help the insulin unlock the cells to get the glucose into the cells. So I, I picture the insulin, like if you're more of a visual learner, picture the insulin as a bus. And the glucose molecules are the passengers. So the insulin bus or buses drive around and they need to take these passengers, these glucose molecules into the cell because that's when they're going to be used for energy. And for that process to happen, we often just think of, yeah, insulin. But for that process to happen, we need calcium, we need magnesium, we need um micro minerals, which means that they're, they're very essential, but they're needed in much smaller amounts, which is chromium and vanadium. We also need potassium. So we need three macro minerals. We need them in higher amounts, calcium, magnesium, and potassium. And we also need, um, chromium and vanadium. So absolutely essential for that process to happen. And what's happening nowadays, so many people have insulin resistance, right? Which means that their cells have become insensitive to the insulin and more of the glucose stays in the blood. So by giving the body these minerals, you actually can help and make your cells sensitive to insulin again. Um, Which is amazing because in conventional medicine, we look at you know, and sometimes medicines are needed. Like we're not mm-hmm. anti-medicine yeah. here, but in conventional medicine, we look immediately at, let's say, putting somebody on metformin if they're having, yeah. you know, insulin resistance or even they're already type two diabetic. And we don't think, wow, like let's dig deeper. What is the root here? And this lack of mineralization that really what you just explained is the key to unlocking the whole mechanism. We don't think of this, right? No, we often don't. And I used to work with diabetics. So I used to work with family physicians and, and, and helped with, the, with patients with, diabetic, with diabetes and other metabolic and chronic diseases. But I noticed even with those individuals, like you mentioned, metformin is such a common medication that when their food was changed and they added just a few supplements, uh, which were minerals, it made such a big difference. Like their, their body started to be able to balance the blood sugar, which even on metformin, it could not before. So this, the reason I'm sharing this is because it really brings us back to how important these foundations are, right? Like how important these, they may seem like these small little pieces of the puzzle, but they're so essential in order for us to build a strong, um, strong vitality and health and for our body basically to become resilient. Are there specific minerals? I mean, of course, you know, 
dependent on what you're dealing with, obviously, as a condition, right? Um, but are there certain minerals that you sort of blanket recommend, like whether, you know, the person has a condition or not that they're dealing with, whether it's a metabolic issue like blood sugar, are there certain ones that, you know, we're, we're so hyper-focused on having a multivitamin and a multivitamin, like, are there ones that you say, absolutely, like, you have to have this in your supplement regime? Yes, I do. And this is partly why I love um, the hair tissue mineral analysis test, which is my favorite screening. And it's a screening test, functional test, because the, the it shows mineral deficiencies and the minerals deposit in the hair in a specific pattern. So it's the person's blueprint, basically, of what you're deficient in or what you might have access to, and then also checks for heavy metals, which, you know, if you remember the periodic table, metals and minerals occupy the, the entire periodic table, so they affect each other. Mm-hmm. So what I most frequently see, Giovanna, is that because I see the pattern in which the minerals are lost, particularly due to stress, and who's not stressed, especially with the year and a half, almost we've been having, (laughs) um, right? So chronic stress really depletes uh, the minerals and they are lost. So the first mineral that's lost due to chronic stress is potassium. So I see that very, very deficient, I would say in majority of the people then it's uh, magnesium. So those are the macro minerals that are lost. Um, Another one for micro minerals, it would be boron. And boron is a micro mineral that actually helps with the assimilation of um, magnesium. So to help to get magnesium into the cell, because remember the, both of these minerals, magnesium and potassium, they are intracellular so if any, you know, any listeners have done their blood test and everything looks normal with their magnesium or potassium, please note that that's not where magnesium and potassium is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be in the blood. It's supposed to be in the cells. So it's not mm. giving you a clear picture. Another one, even though it's not lost because it's a sod- sodium because it's extracellular, sodium is an extracellular mineral. However, because you know, I see so many people that are so depleted, stressed, burnt out. Adrenals, our adrenal glands really need a lot of sodium. And for people who maybe are afraid of, uh, you know, eating salt, uh, because maybe they they have a history of uh, high blood pressure in their family. um, I just want to emphasize how important good quality salt, sea salt, because it contain, it's not processed and it contains sodium, but it contains also trace minerals is important for our body, for our energy production. And, it's, and so it's the sodium and potassium that help in the permeability of our cells, right? So that's really essential because that's how nutrients get into our cells and nutrients get out of their, our cells. So we need to have enough potassium and we need to have enough sodium and then magnesium, as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's involved in so many enzymatic reactions. Right. So even without testing, I would say majority of people need these minerals because when we are under stress, those minerals get used up so that they need to be replenished on a daily basis. 
And I mean, it speaks to with the sodium as well. And let's, we'll talk about good quality sodium and what that is. But when you have, you know, adrenal insufficiency, a lot of times what we see as a symptom is a craving more, a higher craving for salt, right? Which makes sense. Yeah. Because if you're, yeah, your body's craving the feeding of your adrenal glands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to go back to the good sodium because I think you brought up a good point. A lot of people, like we have almost been indoctrinated into like being afraid of sodium. And there's a difference between like sodium that you find in processed foods, like MSG, which is a form of sodium and like a good quality sea salt that by the way, people is not bleached white. It's actually gray or darker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to us about that because another, um, element that I think is we're highly deficient in that shows up so much in this epidemic of hypothyroidism and even Hashimoto's is iodine, which we find in sea salt as well. Mm-hmm. So where can we find these good qualities, quality sodium and what are we to look for and tell us what the benefits are? Mm-hmm. So you already mentioned, we're not talking about table salt here, people like that's really, really important to understand. Because think of table salt as white sugar, like similar to white sugar in the sense that it's highly processed. Actually, if you take some brands of table salt, and you look at the you re- actually read the ingredients, sugar is one of the ingredients, believe it or not. Interesting. Shocking. So you mentioned it's bleached, it's processed, like all the good stuff has basically been taken out of it, out of it, just like sugar, you know, sugar, like cane can have some benefits because of the minerals, but when it's, you know, bleached, it's, it has no benefits. So we are talking about good quality Celtic sea salt, which is like you mentioned, it also has like a different color. It's, it's uh, grayish or darker in, in color and it contains, um, I think it's like 89 or 90, 92 or 93, but it has a lot of trace minerals. So it's not just sodium. Right, even because they travel you, together. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Each mineral affects another mineral and they also affect um, vitamins as well. You know, and that's how everything is in nature, right? You, we don't find something with just one mineral on vitamin. So they all do affect each other. So that's, so- adding sea salt, you know, to your food and even to your water, it's such a great way to help to remineralize your body. And, and please remember, you're not just getting, you're not just getting sodium, you are getting these other trace minerals and minerals. Iodine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So iodine, I really like kelp for iodine. There there is some in sea salt, but um, yeah, most people are are also quite, quite, quite deficient in iodine um, because of our diets and we're, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're supposed to be having all all of our salt or table salt is iodinized, right? Because they realized back in the day that people were getting these massive goiters because of an iodine deficiency. So they've iodinized our table salt. And now because, you know, the average bear necessarily doesn't get a goiter, we think, oh, we're fine with the iodine. But actually, like, I, I'd love your take on that in terms of iodine deficiencies and, and selenium, which also feeds the, the thyroid gland. But I'd love your take on that and, and the recommendation. And you mentioned kelp, because I think um, we've also been a little bit um, made afraid of iodine, right? Because it's like, oh my God, you could actually ruin your thyroid if you take too much iodine, which is true, right? But what's the, ha- what's the happy medium? 
Um, well, I would say without testing, it's kelp because it's a very, very low dose of iodine and eating and safe. Uh, foods that are, it's very safe. Yeah. yeah. Eating foods that are, um, that are rich in iodine. So kelp is one of them dulls like, uh, marine, like marine vegetables, um, seaweed. Those are, those are safe, but you can, if for people who can't, don't have access to that or don't like it, getting a good quality kelp supplement uh, it needs to, it has to be of a high quality so that there's no metals in them or, or other toxins. Uh, yeah. But that's a very safe way to add some iodine in, um, in, and most people are very, very deficient um, in iodine. Yeah. That's a really good segue talking about detoxing because I know that's something that you really help people with. And so I, I'd love to I'd love to touch on the testing, first of all, the functional testing that you do and love because I think it's fascinating. And then also detoxification because I think, and we touched on this a little bit before we hit record, there's this idea or this kind of trend of detoxing. But if the body is not prepared mm-hmm. to detoxify, you're really, in a lot of cases, retoxifying. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah so and tell us a little bit about the functional testing you do and how you approach detoxing. Yeah. So my favorite functional test is the hair tissue mineral analysis test. So it's basically just a sample of your hair, of your scalp hair, clo- cut closest to, this, to the scalp, very small amount. It's about a teaspoon. And, se- and hair is... is it's your cells, basically. It's dead cells, but it's your cells. So it really gives you a blueprint, gives you a window into what is actually happening in your body on the cellular level, which is really important because that's where all the good stuff happens, basically, in terms of energy being made, hormones being made, and so forth. So that's my favorite test. And I love it because first, it's easy. It's non-invasive. And it gives you so much information and it's so accurate in terms of the way it correlates with person's symptoms, because it gives you um, a window into what is happening in your body during that time that it took you to grow that sample of hair. So say it's three or four months and we get a picture of what is happening with your minerals and also what is happening with many metals, because we, unfortunately, we live in a world where we get exposed to a lot of toxic metals. So like you said, Joanna, it's so important not to, like say I see a metal on the hair tissue mineral analysis, somebody has mercury or aluminum, you're not going straight to detox because that can be quite uh, even dangerous for some people. You know, I don't like to like use that word to be scary, but like you said, we can retoxify as a result if our detoxification pathways are not open. So one simple example I can give, if somebody is constipated, they cannot detoxify, like Uh, actively uh detoxify. They can do simple detox practices, absolutely. But to actively detox from, say, mercury or aluminum, not until that detox pathway is open. And the other thing that I see, unfortunately, way too frequently, and we we touched on it a little bit, is that earlier with adrenals, is that people are very depleted, which means that the body does not have the energy, the vitality to detoxify because it takes a lot of energy for the body to be able to detox, especially toxins such as heavy metals, which can stay in the body for a long time, years and years and years. So we need to 
open up the detoxification pathway. So we need to strengthen the body, strengthen the foundation with balancing minerals. So then, so this is why I love the test because I can see what are the minerals that you're missing? Um, what are the best forms and so forth? And we need to support gut, which includes the liver. So we need to support the gut microbiome. We need to support the stomach acid. We need to support um, the liver. We need to support the colon, make sure that pathway is open. We need to support the kidneys. So that is really the first step for detoxification to build the body up, strengthen it, open the detoxification pathways, support them. And then I would say within the same phase or steps would be removing or reducing um, what the person is being exposed to, the toxins. So for example, if somebody's being exposed to glyphosate, the first step would be to remove that or reduce it. If somebody's being exposed to mercury because they love their sushi or their tuna, the first step is to reduce or, re or eliminate that exposure. And for people listening, where would they be exposed to glyphosate? Oh, in standard American diet. In, mm -hmm. yeah, Mainly in, in wheat products, right? Yes. So a yeah. lot of a lot of wheat products. And this is sort of this also really ties in well with um, iodine deficiency. This is why we do have such a huge iodine deficiency because they replaced iodine in the flour that they used to add with bromide, which is toxic. And it can take the place, the enzymatic spot of iodine. Uh, because it's in the same um, column, it's a highlight in mm. the same column on the periodic table. So this also creates a lot of problems um, with iodine deficiency, but also creates a lot of problems with um, uh, because of how toxic bromide is. It, it creates problems with uh, blood sugar as well. It's connected. That's interesting. That. I you're teaching yeah. me something new as well because you know the thought behind if you have hypothyroidism or even Hashimoto's is to remove gluten because gluten acts as sort of a, an interference for the thyroid. But actually, that other component is what you just said. There is that a lot of the standard wheat that we eat is uh, sprayed with glyphosate, and that is a, basically an agonist to iodine. So that's another reason. Um, to avoid conventional wheat products. That's amazing. I, I actually didn't think of that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think this is also not talked about often. Like a lot of people are actually more sensitive or allergic or react to the glyphosate than the actual gluten. Yeah. I um, have, I have actually heard that. Yep. Yeah. It's very toxic. Um, and then the bromide, um, you know, if somebody eats a lot of wheat products, um, it eventually damages the beta cells in the pancreas. So that's how it leads to diabetes. Oh, look at Over that. It does a lot of, a uh, lot of, yeah, it's, it's quite, um, quite toxic, um, to the, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's a, that's a good nugget. Yeah. So the bromide. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to pin something. I have a question for you about the, the, the test, which I get asked a lot. It's one of my questions as well. But I actually want to pinpoint to people listening, because you said something very important, which is strengthening your detoxification channels. Yeah. And I think the average person may not think of or realize that, not to be gross here, people, but your poop defecation is a detoxification channel. When you think of it that way, 
it no longer becomes normal to say, I poo once a week. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I find I, I, when I ask people on their intake, you know, how many bowel movements they have or how their bowel movements are, they say, oh, they're normal. And I say, what's normal? And they say, oh, I go like once a week or once or twice every other week. And it's shocking that that is considered normal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if we think about that as being a detoxification channel, we can no longer think that that's normal because we're not actually releasing the toxins that we're putting in to our body. Yeah. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. It is. So all of you listening, Anna, what's your gold star? I have a gold star standard for poops per day. What's yours? Well, if somebody eats three ch- three meals, it's three. Thank you. Like it goes in, in it comes out. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it just depends how many meals somebody eats a day. Yeah. Right. And I say that to clients sometimes and they're like, what? I'm like, yep. Yeah. If, you, if it goes in, it's got to come out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I have a question about the hair because I have for years, years wanted to do this hair test. And you know this, cause we've talked about this before and I, yeah. I'm going to come see you eventually for this. But my whole thing is I am a woman. I confess I dye my hair. So mm-hmm. what do you do with women who dye their hair to get an yeah. accurate cause hair dye newsflash has heavy metals in it, which is awful for you. I know, but how do you get a good sort of indication of that virgin hair? Like, do I have to let my hair grow out for three months? Yes, but not your whole hair. You can just do because you just need to, you just need a little sample. It really is a, a very small amount of hair just close to the nape of your neck at the back. So if you can just not dye that part, like most most women, like they're okay if they can just dye their roots for a while right. and not their entire head. Yep. So just let that grow out, whatever, however long it takes you to grow out, say about an inch of hair from the scalp, closest to the scalp. And just from, yeah, just the back of your head. And then how many hairs do you need? Like, do you just need like a small little bunch or? Yeah, small little bunch. Exactly. Small little bunch, about a teaspoon. It's really not a lot. I know some people think, oh, it's hair, but it's actually, it's a a very small amount. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is good to know. teaspoon. Teaspoon of hair. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. Like, so you don't, don't need the whole like hair shaft. You just need that little no. bit that's close to the scalp about a tea- right. teaspoon's worth. About a, okay. about a teaspoon. So it's about like a little less than an inch you would cut okay. and then discard the rest. Yeah. And in this world of, you know, distance, everything, like we can do this um, at, a, at a distance. Like, so I could, you know, order, let's say a kit and yeah. have this done and do it at home and mail it off somewhere. Exactly. Yep. So that's what I just send uh, my clients the the kit and it's super easy for them to just put the hair sample in a little envelope, fill out the form and they send it off to the lab. Um, I use um, Trace Elements International, which is a lab in Texas. So there's, this is really important for people who are maybe are going to look more into this. Uh, There are only two labs that don't wash the hair. And this is really important because there are many labs that do hair tissue mineral analysis tests, but they all wash the hair sample with Mm. chemicals. So you're not getting a clear result. And I've seen some of these lab tests because I've I've had people come to me for help. Um, And then they do the test with the the lab that I recommend. And that's the, the only one that I use. And we see, we see differences. So this is really important to, 
to know that you you go for like the good quality you 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 talk to a practitioner you really educate yourself a little bit on this before you make a decision and invest in your and you know in a in a functional test and in your health yeah but yeah it's super easy you just send it to the lab then the results are emailed um yeah it's it's easy it doesn't take long it's yeah, it's one of the easiest tests I think you can do. It's non-invasive. Great. Let's talk a little bit about hydration because I find this one, um, believe it or not, can be confusing for people because I've had people, you know, when I was in school, we learned, you know, half your body weight in ounces, right? That's the rule of thumb, blah, blah, blah. Then there's so many other theories there about how to properly hydrate. And my whole theory around hydration is if you're not drinking a good source of water, that contains minerals, you're not actually hydrating properly because you're otherwise you're just peeing it all out. So what's your take on hydration and how could we be doing this better? Mm-hmm. So the first step, and I love that you already mentioned it, the, the water needs to be filtered. You need a good quality water filter. I would say that's the first, that's one of the best investments somebody can make in their health is to get a good quality water filter because there are so many toxins and metals in the water. So for example, if somebody lives in an old home, they're going to have copper pipes. Copper creates all kinds of issues when it's bio-unavailable and not um, in the small amount that we need it. Uh, there's arsenic uh, in, in that. There's uranium in certain areas of the world. So we need to have a good quality water filter. Um, and also to filter out some of these other, you know, medications and things that uh, are in the water, unfortunately, and those are not taken out by the municipal system. So good quality water filter, and exactly like you said, if it's not, and if if somebody's just, you know, drinking water and then peeing soon after, that means you're not actually hydrating. You're helping your body in the sense that you're flushing out your kidneys, you're flushing out the urinary tract, but you're not actually hydrating. Your your cells are not getting the water. So one of the simplest ways is to add sea salt. That's one of the simplest ways. So you add a pinch of sea salt. So say like an eighth of a teaspoon for a 16, um, I would say maybe 12 ounce of water. Simple and And cheap. It's simple. It's an exactly, it's very inexpensive. It doesn't really change the taste of your water. Um, Then of course you can buy trace minerals. There's different trace liquid minerals that you can add to the water. You can also add like lime or lemon that gives you a little bit of vitamins and minerals. So, so it is an easy way to do it. And again, like you said, it's not expensive, Um, but making that a habit creating that healthy habit. Like whenever I drink water, I always add some sea salt. I'm not just drinking it plain. And because the minerals help you absorb, right? The minerals help you absorb. Exactly. And then also paying attention, you know, that's where food comes in because if, if somebody's eating foods that are high in in water content, then they're getting some minerals as well, right? Maybe they don't need to drink as much water right? Depending where somebody lives, like, you know, if it's in a hot climate or not, depending how active they are. So all that depends on how much water each individual requires. But I would say adding the sea salt, a pinch of sea salt to every glass of water that you drink, a tiny pinch of sea salt can make such a difference in actually getting you hydrated. So how much should we be drinking per day? Because you just brought up a really good point. It's like, if we're having a lot of 
um, mineral rich foods, if we're eating good quality soups and fruits and vegetables, like all of those count as part of a water source. But in terms of just filling up your bottle of water, how much should we be drinking? My, my rule of thumb is still what you said, what we learned in school, half of your body weight in ounces per day. Yeah. But then that's what course, I go by. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I go by too. But of course, on an individual basis, some people need more, some people need less. It, it's, you know, so then I base it, you know, you know, when I work with someone individually, but that is the rule of thumb. So um, I have my, my, my urine um, trick that I tell my clients about how to tell if you're getting enough water, which is that your urine should be almost clear, slight yellow tinge. And that's how you know that you're getting enough hydration. And if it's any darker than that and the darker it gets, you're dehydrated. Is that, would you concur with that? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then if it's very pale, like no color, then you're overhydrated. Like then you're not really hydrating. You're just peeing the water out. Yeah, absolutely. So I, yeah, that's a good, um, yeah, I do that as well. Yeah. And another thing, it's funny. I tell my clients this as well. And I forget, I know I learned this along the way. I just can't remember who I learned it from. Um, and, and sometimes when you, you learn something so long ago and you repeat it so often, you, you go back and say, wait a second, is that still true? Is that, but I, mm-hmm. I, I learned, and I do repeat this with my clients is that you can roughly absorb about four ounces of water at a time. And so what I tell my clients is don't wait all day and then chug your two liters of water because all of that, if not like, let's say 95% of it is going to flush right through the kidneys and out the door. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you also recommend that? Is that something you've heard about just, you know, taking smaller sips throughout the day, making sure that you're not getting to the point of thirst and chugging? Yes. This is why I love speaking with you because we're so aligned. Like we're so aligned. I just love it. I absolutely love it. It just like warms my heart. Yeah. And it drives me nuts because I can't remember who told me that or how I learned it. I know it was in one of, you know, all the many schooling, you know, uh, diplomas I took, et cetera. But, uh, you know, I do find that that is true, that you have to do it a little bit at a time. You can't just chug. Yes. And I always tell people, you know, have, you know, if you're sitting and working at a desk, have water near you. Like I'm one of those people, I carry water wherever I go. And that is a a healthy habit I did develop early on uh, because believe it or not, I used to like never drink water. (laughs) That was another problem I had. So yes, drinking water throughout the day. You're not waiting all day. Like I know some people's like, well, I don't want to use the public bathroom or whatever, you need to drink water throughout the day in sips. Yeah. You're not, you're not waiting, you know, six hours and then drinking two liters. No, no, no. That's not, your body cannot absorb that at once. Just like your body can't absorb, you know, huge amounts of protein or huge amounts of minerals. It's, it has to be done throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned also, you know, in your list, you mentioned sleep. Yes. An active move. I mean, active movement is kind of self-explanatory. It doesn't need to, like you said, does you don't need to go to CrossFit every day, no, you know, do not. some light yoga, movement, walking, stretching, all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, and rest makes sense, right? Because you were talking to us about how much stress depletes our minerals. So rest makes a huge, huge sense as a foundation. And how does rest differ from sleep? Because that was the other foundation that you mentioned. Yes. So rest differs from sleep in that, you know, even when somebody is, has a good, good sleeping routine during, 
during the day, you can't go say a hundred percent, which I know some when you, so many women, at least that I work with, they do because they feel they have to. So taking these mindful breaks of rest where you, you're basically checking in with yourself and you're helping your nervous system to reset. So you're not in that go, go, go state, which over time will deplete you. It can lead to burnout, but you're bringing your body back to the parasympathetic state. So you, you go, go, go. You're in the sympathetic nervous system. You're bringing it to a healthy parasympathetic system by taking a moment to take some deep breaths, maybe going outside and grounding for five minutes. So it's just these little rests throughout the day. And then, of course, for some women, depending on the, you know, their lifestyle, you may need like half a day or a full day of rest you know, if, if somebody's not used to ever taking breaks, which, you know, I, I work with some women like that. So these mindful pauses, like restful pauses, moments of um, stillness for yourself so that you're not always going, going, going. And this does not mean like going on your phone and on social media. Like I right. literally, because <laughs> it's not the same. It, it's really not. It's really, you really need to reset the, the nervous system so, or calm the nervous system. So it, it could literally look like taking five deep, slow breaths, belly breaths, because that activates your vagus nerve, which is the mm. nerves and it nerve. And it, it's literally like flipping the switch on your nervous system, because this is, this ties in with how important that, that part is with healing, whether somebody wants to lose weight, whether somebody wants to have more energy we cannot heal in a state of go, go, go and stress. We need, to, we need to be in the parasympathetic, healthy parasympathetic state. So adding these little rests throughout the day can be very, very beneficial. I'm yeah. so glad I asked you that question because a lot of people you know, including myself in, in uh, more so in the, in the past than now, but we take for granted that these little moments of stopping and breathing and getting into that calm state. And like you said, massaging that vagus nerve with deep breath, we take for granted, we're like, oh, that's not going to do anything. Right. Because we're, we're trained to this go, go, go mentality. And like, oh, what is that? You know, what is that two minutes or five minutes going to do for me really? But then we get to the end of the night and we're not falling into a deep restful, calm slumber. We're literally crashing and burning and like hitting the pillow, just depleted. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm glad I asked that difference between rest and sleep for, for people listening. And, and I'm glad, where, yeah, tell me. <laughs> that So many people think that these little things won't make a difference because I would like to emphasize that because that's one of the things I love teaching is that these little things do make a difference. Mm. It's the little things that we do throughout our day. And then if we make it a habit, a healthy habit, and we create this foundation, we create this new way of living and lifestyle, this is what's going to bring us to a completely different spot a six months from now and a year from now. So I really hope that this is sort of like takeaway home message for people who are listening, that these little things that you're doing, they matter a lot. They really do. And they will make a huge difference in your health if you stick with them. 
I love that. And that ties so perfectly into the conversation we had about minerals because they're little, tiny, little things, but they make such a big difference. (laughs) They really do. Yeah. Because it's just the four macro minerals, calcium, magnesium, potassium, and, um, um, sodium. Those are the ones we need in like the highest amounts, but there's so many other minerals that we need. And yeah, we need them in tiny amounts, but we absolutely need them. them. Yeah. Like you mentioned selenium without selenium, your T4 will not convert to T3, which is your active thyroid hormone. So just to give you an example, we we don't need a lot of selenium, but if you don't have it, you know, your your thyroid function, your thyroid gland will not function properly and you're going to have symptoms. Right. And that goes for people that are taking like level thyroxine or even Synthroid and maybe it's not working for them as well as it could be. Try taking some selenium, add it to that and see how it starts converting better. Yeah. Awesome. Anna, I loved having you here. This was such a great conversation. I think it's so needed. Please tell the audience where they can find you and learn more about all the amazing things you do. Absolutely. So my Instagram probably would be the the easiest, uh, which is Anna uh, underscored my last name, Lubashka. You can find me there and uh, my website, annalubashka.com. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to reach out to me if you know, people have any questions or want to learn more about the hair tissue mineral analysis test or how to work with me. Um, those are the two easiest ways. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for being here again. I loved this conversation. Me too. I love it. Thanks for listening to the Blue Hive HealthCast. Did you get an insight from this episode or learn something new? Consider sharing it with a friend. If you love the show, we'd appreciate it if you subscribed via iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite shows and give us a rate and review. Visit us at bluehivehealth.com for more information on our programs and services. 